0: just another way to play and if we're not playing if we're not having fun in the bedroom then honestly what's the fucking point most of us are having sex for pleasure and i don't think there's a lot of pleasure that's actually happening so why not incorporate the things that do bring in more pleasure and role play can absolutely be a part of that welcome
1: to honey do me a podcast that goes into the bedroom and beyond hosted by emma norman and cass anderson here at Honey Do Me, we don't have all the
2: answers, so we chat with experts, educators, and badass changemakers to get them.
1: We are here to remind our listeners and ourselves that what we're going through is normal, that we are worthy of love and
2: pleasure, and that we are all in this together. So tell us, honey, how do you do you? One, two, three, four,
0: three,
2: two,
1: one. Cause no one can do it like we do it, like
0: we
2: do it, like we do it.
1: We're rolling, people. We're rolling. Everybody, ready? Are we all here? Are the cameras on? I'm taking attendance. <laughs> if you're not here, detention. <laughs> I don't know. Just let me eat my pod. My podcast. <laughs> Just let, let, let me my eat po- my podcast. I can't. I'm Mike. Put
2: it back I'm in mic'd up. sweaty hands. I know they're sweaty right now. <laughs> I'm always sweaty, Cass. I'm always sweaty. Okay. It's fine. We have snacks. We have some of our favorite snacks
1: how yeah, we do no cheese cheese popcorn you've never
2: had yeah the lesser evil organic popcorn with organic coconut oil and no cheese cheesiness <laughs> how fun do we sound scale of one to ten it's so good we it's so good eat bags of this yeah lesser evil reach out <laughs> reach out
1: anyway anyways hello hello <laughs> thanks burp. for burping off mic <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> i'm a lady
2: <laughs> excuse me <laughs>
1: Madame. Madame. <laughs> Manners first. Um. Hi, How how's it going? How are you? You know, every week
2: I'm just thriving. I'm thriving and diving. One of those is true. <laughs> <laughs> diving deeper
1: into and deeper the-
2: into the abyss. What did you
1: say when I walked in? You said, sometimes I just think this earth is trying to tell me that I've overstayed my welcome. Yeah, <laughs> the universe is trying to tell me that like, hey. You've had your time. <laughs> I
2: don't know how this... Like, so many things have happened over the past couple of days, and I am just... You know when you're breaking points at 100? Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't say that right, I don't think. When you're at 100. Well, that's your breaking Percent. point. Last week, I was at a 95, and so it would take... Like, I pretty easily would, like, spill over and just, mm-hmm. you know, I've been at a 99 <laughs> all week.
1: I love that, though. <laughs> It makes you edgy and fun. I love your
2: emotional turmoil. <laughs> but a little funny. birdie, aka you, yeah. told me that you have a story to tell this week. I and do. so just tweet away, my dear. I'm so
1: excited to <laughs> tell you. I literally like had to stay away from you so that I wouldn't I tell you. I need good news. Go. Okay. So I went out on a date the other night. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it started off, we wanted to go to a very fancy dinner. So it was going to be a bougie night. Chipotle. Chipotle. <laughs> Chipotle. Chipotle. I was able to get the guac, which means <laughs> I was being wine and dined. Uh daddy was wine and dining you. <laughs> yes. No, but we went to a very fancy mm-hmm. restaurant downtown. Um, started there. We got like food after because we were still hungry. It's very small portions. That's just how the night went. Um, <laughs> but that means that we were like drinking more and more, which means mm-hmm. we we're getting a little silly. So After those two restaurants, we went to a bowling alley, and we had fun at, like, this arcade, because we are like, I kind of want to party. Like, we looked up clubs, but, like, they were kind of, like, just opening, because it was still early enough in the night. But we went to this, like, bowling alley arcade that happened to be right next to a strip club. (gasps) (laughs) So, at first, we were like, no, 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 no. No. And then we had a couple drinks at this arcade, and we're like, you know what would be fun? (laughs) I've never been to a strip club. Oh, my She'd God. We've never been to a strip club. And we're like, let's go to a strip club. <laughs> so we did. Oh, my God. And it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that we had full nude strip clubs here. Mm-hmm. But we do. Yeah, I've we been to one. one. You Real- know this. Oh, yes, I do. Yeah. I didn't know that. You still hate me for it. Because you went without me. Yeah. So that's why this was my first experience. And I went with a guy I'm dating. And it was... It was so fun. So what did you do? How was a strip club set up during COVID? Like a strip club. People wear masks, though. Still a strip club. (laughs) I don't know. People are still coming in and out and ladies dancing on the post. Were they wearing masks? When they walked out, but not the Mm. whole time. Um, So it was so fun to be like pulled up a table behind the stage and then be like, Danced our way over to the stage and sat at like the front row, and I saw lots of vulvas. Oh my god! (laughs) I saw lots of vulvas and lots of ones. I (laughs) tossed them out. I did. I don't know why I have to be this accent for I don't know. I'm nervous. That's why. (laughs) I'm nervous too. I was so happy. Like. It was just so fun. They were doing so well. Like, they're so athletic, you know? They're incredible. It's insane. And so you could, they were having a lot of fun with, I feel like, the women in the audience, too. Mm-hmm. Like, really giving them a lot of attention. So that was just, I was just, like, clapping the whole time. And they just did so well. And he had a lot of fun. And I feel like it was, like, it was kind of like a teaser for us. And right. they, we hooked up really hot in the car after. It was fun. How far did
2: you go in the car?
1: I can't talk, I don't know, is it illegal? Uh, we didn't have sex, but. For legal purposes, this isn't true, continue. We went to, we did oral. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I say like <laughs> We, I like, I went down on him in the car. I'm mm. like, we were just making out hot and heavy and. Oral. I, I did oral. I did oral outside of shrimp club. <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> that did not sound good, but that's what happened. Yeah.
2: But anyway, that's my update. Congratulations. I'm really happy for you. Thank you. You've been wanting to go to a strip club. I have. I just wanted to experience mm-hmm. it. And I, I'm glad you got to experience it in such a special, special, way. <laughs> endearing. Um, tender way. Book wife. ended with the bowling alley and Oral. And Earl. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sounds like you're saying Earl. Earl.
1: <laughs> I'm not. Earl wasn't there. Earl was nowhere to be seen. No, he wasn't there. Um, I'm trying to transition into kinkiness, role-playing my, nope, you're pretending to be Earl. (laughs) I'm pretending to be Earl, which is a role-play, which leads into what we're talking about today, (laughs) which is role-play. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, I bet you didn't get that. (laughs) From the 17 times I
2: just said it. (laughs) We are talking with Kate Scalisi of Passion by Kate, Mm -hmm. and oh my god. Mm-hmm. I love this episode. I know you're gonna
1: be so you're gonna jump right into that costume. After <laughs> you're this. gonna be ready. You're gonna be ready.
2: Role play scares the shit out of me, which yep. I talk about a lot in this episode. But honestly, I feel so much more comfortable with it mm-hmm. after talking to Kate. Like, I am not somebody who gets comfortable with things easily. Mm-hmm. Anal was an exception.
1: Let's, <laughs> be, clear. Say, Let's like,
2: be clear. Let's be clear anal was an exception
1: okay okay
2: yeah (laughs) that was that was physical comfort also i'm talking
1: about emotional comfort right right well it's a lot more approachable than i think we both thought yes and broad like way more broad Mm -hmm. than we thought it could be so i'm so excited for to try the tips and for other people to try the tips (laughs) i'm just so excited for you i'm just so excited for you anyway uh we'll
2: see you on the other side i
1: guess
2: yeah bye
0: Uh, So my name is Kate Scalisi. I am a certified sex educator and the founder of Passion by Kate. And Passion by Kate is an award-winning sexual wellness platform that empowers folks with really practical and powerful tools in order to have more confidence, connection, and pleasure in the bedroom and beyond. So everything we do is around helping folks discover what their yes is, what are the things that bring them pleasure, as well as what are the things that hold them back And how can we work with both of those to have more fun and frequent and fulfilling sex?
1: I love that mission so much. I feel like that's exactly where we align to. We just want that practical advice to like, how do we just have more fulfilling sex in our life? That's amazing. So I feel like I am deprived of one aspect of sex in my life because I don't know how to do role play. And so that's why we're here today. I would love to learn. So could you start us off by telling us what role play is? Cuz I actually was trying to explain it today and I was like it's pretend. I don't know. So <laughs> it's playing pretend sexually.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it's not far off, right? Mm-hmm. Like role play, I know I grew up playing like dress up and mm-hmm. concocting these scenarios for myself and my friends or with my Barbies, right? Like a lot of us have these highly imaginative experiences, most likely from our youth, and roleplay is kind of the adults are slash X-rated version of that. And it's very basic: is stepping into a fantasy, stepping into someone else's, into a role, and bringing that into the bedroom for for sexual and sexy and intimate purposes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be more than that. Okay. So then
1: how, how big or how small can it be? Like, does role play have to include this like huge scenario or can it be like, just call me Sarah <laughs> and now we're role playing. <laughs> like what? how big, like what is, what does it include? Kinky uh, yeah, Emma. absolutely. So <laughs> know, so kinky.
0: <laughs> Tone it down a little I- bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Like with most things related to sex, the media has really done a disservice around this conversation, and and seriously, most of the time, media plus sex and their depictions of it are just awful and wrong, Mm -hmm. and it's so highly influential, even if we aren't fully aware of it, and even if we aren't huge consumers of media. And with role play, I think the expectation is that it does have to be this huge scenario, right? And we typically see it as part of, like, a BDSM lifestyle or something like that, and you need props, and you need outfits, and you need a whole script, like... And listen, it can be that big, right? Rule number one, we don't yuck anyone else's yum. I'm thinking also of, of right the vanilla equivalent, if you will, of like cosplayers. Mm-hmm. There are some fans who really want to inhabit that role and be creative and create clothes and create... Sn- and then there are some of us who are like, I mean, I'll just like read some fanfic and read a bunch of articles and talk about it constantly. And I think that's a really good comparison here. It doesn't, it doesn't translate one-to-one, but it can be as big as fully creating a scene and it could be as small as simply talking through a fantasy in the moment with your partner right while you're having sex it doesn't have to be any bigger than like oh my gosh um how sexy would it be if there was a third person here with us and like what would you do to that it can be as small as that so I'm I'm thinking
2: about me in this scenario because I always think about me. <laughs> but, um, I, the idea of role play scares the shit out of me. Like truly, mm-hmm. it scares me so much, and I just think about this. I uh, it like it makes my cheeks red, and I'm mm-hmm. just it makes me nervous. And when I think about you know, like really big scenarios or really small scenarios, I almost lean towards the really big scenarios because I'm like, well, maybe that would actually like bring me into the moment and like kind of force me to really be there and lean into it and almost give me like an excuse, like, oh, I'm, I really am this like character yeah. versus a small thing that's like, it's so easy for me to flip between that and like reality.
0: Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Because yeah. mm-hmm. at first yeah. I would
2: be like, oh yeah, start really small.
1: But in my head, I'm like, I don't know if that would work for me. Right, yeah. Because you also can't yeah. really wrap your mind around like what what mm-hmm. is small, you know? <laughs> What is a small.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And I think I'm really glad you brought that up because it ties into this idea of when it comes to sex, there's really no normal. There's just more or less common. Mm-hmm. And so for you, if you know, if you know for yourself, like it's going to be too tempting for me to like flip back to reality in these smaller scenarios, I really want to take the time and the investment of like creating a bigger scene and like mm-hmm. buying some clothes and buying some props that's so important for you to know. And I think so many people get lost in comparing themselves often to media depictions of sex and relationships, right. but also to what we think about other, that other people are doing. Most of the time, we don't know. A lot of us aren't having these casual conversations, at least a <laughs> lot of the the clients and the people that are part of the Passion by Kate community, they're coming to me and saying, you know, I don't talk about sex with anyone, but we still think we know what everyone else is doing, even though we don't talk about it. And so... Everyone thinks, oh well, this person is doing that, and that, and this is how this goes. And with role play, it's and with anything, it's really about what works for you, right? It's not what's best; it's what's best for you. Mm
1: -hmm. And so, I have two questions that don't have anything to do with each other. Cosplay is (laughs) costume play, right? I've I've heard that there's a whole community of like cosplay, and I just like I see it on TikTok a lot. And I guess I'd never gotten a firm definition of what the difference is between like role play and cosplay or if cosplay is just like the theatrical version of role play. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I would think of cosplay as like the fan connected version, right? Usually cosplayers are drawing from a source material. So I'm a big Marvel fan. So I, I, I'm, I follow a lot of Marvel TikTokers, right. And a lot of cosplayers. And so they're taking, this media thing that we love. And in their case, they're saying they want to, you know, play and dress up and do costumes. And and I, even as I'm saying that, I'm like, Oh, that sounds dismissive. And I don't mean it that way. But I think the way that we often think about and talk about these things, it is dismissive. And I think that connects back to that very first point I made of like, most of us grew up doing some version of this. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, it's almost like a very childlike play. And like, we, as adults we're like not supposed to do that right like mm-hmm. right. yay capitalism you got to be fucking productive <laughs> Also, can I swear yes um, yeah okay please. great uh, you know you got to be fucking productive like play pleasure those things are bad and then we layer in like you know misogyny and patriarchy and white supremacy and ableism and like all of those things that are like oh this shit's bad when no it's not it's wonderful and awesome and so I tend to think of cosplay as connected to some sort of fandom and I'm sure many, if some at least, if not many, of those cosplayers may also be role-playing. But to me, the role-play piece, and right, we also can think of like role-playing games and whatnot, but I think if we're talking about it within the sexual context, it has to do with some sort of sexual act. And that can be as simple as flirting, and that can be all, also as as big as all different types of sex acts, whether that's intercourse, whether that's various forms of BDSM and kink, mm-hmm. everything in between.
1: I feel like that would be easier for people like you and I to wrap our head around in a way. Mm-hmm. Like if we're playing a character mm-hmm. while we're role-playing, I feel like then we could kind of embody
0: mm-hmm. right something
1: we've already seen if it's like in a movie or TV show or something. It gives you a reference point. Yeah. Of like yeah. what I'm trying to achieve, but also I'm doing something that's like Uh, fan fiction of this character brought to Mm -hmm. life I was just
0: thinking it's like fanfic brought to life yeah Mm -hmm. oh I kind of like that that's fun
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then my I guess my second question going off of what we were just talking about is like are there more misconceptions around role play that keep people away from trying it and kind of keep it as this dismissive childlike thing um, when people talk about it
0: Yeah, I think definitely this idea that it needs to be something big and elaborate and expensive and time consuming Mm -hmm. is something that keeps people away. And like, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm much more of a minimalist, like even so, a a very similar example, like I, what are your favorite sex stories, right? Everyone always wants to know that. I'm like, first of all, you don't actually want to know that because what works for me has no bearing on what will work for you. Mm -hmm. But secondly, like there's like three and they're the same three they've been for five years, like. I am not someone who needs a lot of stuff and I'm very happy. I buy the same pair of jeans and when they (laughs) they wear out, I buy the same exact pair and sometimes the size changes. Like Mm -hmm. that's just the type of person I am. So for me – elaborate costume role play props is never going to work. That's just not, I'm like, I gotta, I don't even like Halloween. I'm like, I gotta go buy (laughs) shit. No, thank you. But that doesn't mean that that's like wrong. And so this misconception that it has to be something that has to look a certain way. And we see that misconception come up with sex a lot. Even the word sex. When I say that most people have an image in their minds of what that looks like. And I hear this from my sex coaching and couples counseling clients all the time. They'll come to me, it'll be our first conversation, getting a feel for each other and seeing if it's a good fit. And you are like, well, you know, sex. And I'm like, well, what kind of sex? Mm-hmm. Well, real sex. Well, what's real sex? Well, you know, intercourse. Well, what kind of intercourse? Mm-hmm. And I do that purposely because these words all do have multiple meanings. Mm-hmm. And for me, sex is anything that has that kind of sexual component. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to involve any organs. And that's a really problematic definition, too, if we think about it. So same thing with role playing. I think that's a huge one. I think that it's kind of, that it has to be super kinky is another one. I think it gets kind of lumped into BDSM and kink and it is, it is a type of kink, right? But that it has to be really kinky and like hardcore is another common misconception and it doesn't. Um, And then that third piece that you mentioned, you know, referencing back to my little tangent rant um, around like dismissing it as like silly and frivolous and foo-foo and whatnot. And, it's just another way to play. And if we're not playing, if we're not having fun in the bedroom, then honestly, what's the fucking point? Absolutely. Yes. right? Unless you're trying to make babies and especially like you're dealing with infertility and have to do things on time. So that's different. Mm-hmm. But like most of us are having sex for pleasure. And I don't think there's a lot of pleasure that's actually happening. Mm-hmm. So why not incorporate the things that do bring in more pleasure and role play can absolutely be a part of that.
1: That was beautiful. <laughs> Couldn't my have girl. said that and My hair's
0: up, but I'll throw yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Going back a little bit, I, I do want to get into some like examples of scenarios or some examples or ideas for people. Mm-hmm. But getting back to this idea of like, it makes me nervous. Is there a way to do solo role play or to like practice by yourself so that you feel a little more confident going in with a partner?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I love that question because a lot of a lot of times that's how people do want to approach things. And for every person who's like, no, I want to try it on my own first, there's also someone who's like, I want to dive in with my partner. Mm-hmm. And I name that because I know we have people listening. And if you are that way, great. And if you're like, no, oh, my God, I would never <laughs> want to try this solo first, that's also totally normal and okay. I want to preface with that. Mm-hmm. If you do want to explore this solo, I would think about – incorporating your, like bringing your fantasy in a little bit more. Now, that's a big assumption I'm making that people are fantasizing when they're doing self-pleasure and masturbating. So if you're not, that's a good place to start. Okay. is start to fantasize for yourself, right? During solo sex. And if you're already fantasizing for yourself, how can you make that a little bit richer, a little more tangible, a little more alive? Maybe you talk a little bit and have the out actually out loud or you have more of a like conversation in your head as part of the fantasy, you talk to yourself a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. In this role, maybe you do bring in some props or an outfit or something. So there are definitely ways to take some of the pieces and play with them by yourself. Mm, I like
1: that. That's. I think I fantasize a fair amount when I'm masturbating, but I want to try more. Like, I think it would be kind of fun to like dress up for yourself. I know. And again, like even me saying it, I'm saying it like I'm embarrassed because I do feel silly. But it's like that's the whole that's what we're talking about is that we need to break through that feeling of feeling silly Mm -hmm. to bring yourself pleasure Mm because it's it's fine to explore. It's like, why aren't you exploring? I don't know. (laughs) Shame, sexual shame,
0: decades of oppression. Yeah, and I think, too, it's a really good a good thing that I often remind people is trying something once and dismissing it is never a good idea. Unless Mm -hmm. of course, right. There's injury pain, something like that. Right. Right. Those are there are exceptions to this, but in general, the first time we try something, there's all of that awkwardness of like, you feel awkward because you're trying something new. You're trying to figure out what the fuck you're doing and you're doing the thing. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to hold. And I, I think too, apparently this is, we're going to rant about capitalism a lot on this (laughs) call, right? Like, this idea that we have to be good at things right away is also a huge myth, and especially for those of us who are perfectionists, who are Type A, who are overachievers, and I I know I am, and <laughs> clearly to, at least to yeah, be I am, <laughs> right? Like yes. wanting to do it right the first time, we forget that first times. It doesn't matter what it is, are pretty fucking awkward. The first, mm-hmm. You know, just jump on a bike when you're a kid and figure out how to ride it. For the most part, you're like wobbling, you're falling over right? The Mm -hmm. first time you have sex, there's usually a little bit of awkwardness. The first time you like do a budget or go to the bed, like all of these things, like the first time you use an ATM, right? And especially if you're like a millennial who maybe they weren't as prevalent. Like I went up, grew up going into the bank. First time Mm -hmm. I used an ATM, I was like, what the fuck am I I doing? Right? Which is silly. But every time we try something new, it doesn't matter what it is. There's a degree of awkwardness. So Mm -hmm. I always encourage my coaching clients and and folks, to really try things a few times. And I actually, honestly, I've set up my coaching so that there's, I don't see everyone every week because I want you to have extra time mm-hmm. to actually practice and then be able to say, you know what, this role play thing, it is not a good fit for me. I tried a few different scenarios, I tried different times a day, different ideas, and it just like, it just didn't work for me. And then that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or I tried it and here's what went wrong. And we can troubleshoot that. Or, oh my God, the first time was super awkward, but like once we got into it, it was so fun. Like, what else can I do?
2: <laughs> I think that is so important. And I'm so glad that you're talking about that because <laughs> when I really start to break down, like, why does it make me nervous? Like, mm-hmm. why am I afraid of this? What makes me uncomfortable? And it's like, you know, I've, I don't know. Like I'm not nervous about my partner seeing me mess up. It's just it really is that idea of like, oh, I have to be good at something Mm -hmm. right away. Mm -hmm. I take that into every aspect of my life. And (laughs) in every aspect, it does hurt me in some way. Mm -hmm. And so it's like taking like that space and allowing for there to be crunchiness and weirdness and awkwardness, even like when I am by myself, because I know nobody's watching me. I fucking hope. God. <laughs> like, I just re- like, yeah. Okay, I <laughs> hope nobody's watching me. Um, like, there's still that nervousness mm-hmm. about being that vulnerable. And, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to use this word, and I don't mean it with any judgment, but, like, being that weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so... Mm-hmm different from what we've been told how we're supposed to masturbate it's like Mm -hmm. so secret and just like keep it as small as possible yeah and it's Mm -hmm. like okay well that's really making it a lot bigger it's making it a full show even
1: if it's just for yourself yeah
2: exactly it's taking up a lot of room I know
1: (laughs) I realize that I don't try stuff and I get like dismissive or irritated by it when I'm scared I'm going to do it wrong. Mm-hmm. And role play mm-hmm. has definitely been one of those things. They're like, Oh, do you want to try this? I'm like, no, but it's, I that's have stupid that's dumb. <laughs> like I don't want to, but it's like, it's because I'm scared I'll do it wrong. Mm-hmm. And because of everything we've talked about that I have to go big. Like we can't start mm-hmm. with, and I, cause I don't have any ideas of really how to start, which was one of my next questions was that I only have this idea that role play is like, I have to be dominant you know, like mm-hmm. it has to be like, Ooh, yeah, get on your knee, like that type of, which yeah. is fine if that's what you want to do. But that's the only idea I have in my head or like schoolgirl, which is like another very yeah. common one. So that's what I've been scared of. Cause I'm like, those just don't come naturally to me. So mm-hmm. what are some other roles we could play <laughs> when we're doing <laughs> role play that aren't those two things?
0: Yeah. So before we get to that, I actually want to touch on two things that just got brought up that mm-hmm. I don't want to pass over, and it's like the teacher in me is like, teachable moments, okay. <laughs> time to do it, okay. Um, you touched on a few things that I really are important to name. One, the performative aspect of sex, that again, is kind of the status quo. There's some level that all of us, at least in the U.S., have absorbed about what sex is supposed to look like, the roles, pun intended, each person is supposed to play, what the course of events are supposed to be, and so there is a performative aspect to sex for all of us, and if we're lucky, a lot of us will say, wait, hold on. I don't actually want to do this. I really want to dive into what really brings me pleasure, regardless of if society deems it weird or needs a different way of what society has told me it needs to be, right, and so when we name things, it allows us to then choose if we want to continue kind of operating within them or not. And that's really the power there. Right. And it's this whole idea of changing from acceptance, right. Rather than changing from beating ourselves up. And then the other piece is talking about what's holding you back, which you just did, right. You were like, well, it's, I'm worried. Both of you just said like, I'm worried about it not being right or doing it wrong. And so much sex advice is like, just try this. Right. And we could have this whole conversation and only talk about, like, here are ideas for role play. Here's right. how to do it. But if there are things holding you back, and I hate the word blocks because it's just so overused in, like, the coaching space and, like, everything's magically a block, even though some of it's <laughs> trauma and some of it's systems of oppression and, like, those are not blocks. Those are, you know, things, separate things. But most of us have something that's holding us back. That's how I like to frame it. And when you identify what that is, the question that you ask to introduce the thing that you want to introduce changes. And what I found is my clients also find a little bit more empathy and compassion for themselves because now it's not like, oh, well, I'm trying this thing. It's just like not working. They're like, oh, I'm trying this thing. And I'm noticing I'm still nervous about X, Y, and Z. I'm noticing this block is still here. And now what do I need to do to address that block? Do I need to start smaller? Do I need to start solo? Do I need to go bigger? Mm-hmm the question changes, the approach changes. And so people would have so much more pleasurable sex if we focused on removing those blocks, the ones that are in our control. Because again, a lot of it isn't in our control. Mm -hmm.
1: And those are great questions to like dissect and ask yourself because then that makes it so much more of like your own personal investment in your sex Mm -hmm. and pleasure. And it's not as dismissive as like, nope, doesn't work for me. It's like, but what are the, what are the smaller questions that I need to ask myself to understand Mm -hmm. why it's not working and maybe completely rule it out or try Mm -hmm. it differently. So I'm glad you had the teachable moment for us
2: (laughs) also in reference to the first thing you said what it made me realize is that i've role played a ton i've role played that something felt good i've role played that that was working for me i've role played that i wasn't into that Mm -hmm. and it's like oh actually i've been doing this for forever i'm a master Mm -hmm. at it
0: (laughs) i can do this i can do this all day long actually (laughs) Yeah. right. That's That's a really good point. We probably also have a lot more experience with these things than we may think. Mm -hmm. Um, but to go back to the question that was asked (laughs) sideways, teachable moment back to the water, I guess, (laughs) right. Any, any roles that play with power, um, often do feel like kind of, um, an accessible, easy first step, because Mm -hmm. we could think of a lot of them, boss, employee, teacher, student, doctor, patient, there's, a lot in there that are easily accessible easy to try fun scripts to play with so any all of those can certainly be there but it can role playing can also look like who who do you want to be sexually or is there someone who you admire but like that's not your style typically but maybe you can inhabit some of that energy right so maybe you are someone who's more like playful and fun and funny and like but you really want to, like, play in that more, like, sensual, sensuous, like, sireny energy, right? That can also be a form of role play. That doesn't necessarily have to do with power. Or maybe you want to be a little sillier. Or maybe you want to be creative, right? Like, maybe you want to bring in things like paint and, like, play with that and pretend to be artists, right? Play artists, except each other's body is the canvas. There are so many different ways that you could think about a role itself you could think about kind of an energy or an approach to sex you can think about um playing with jeez oh, I just lost it I had an idea yeah. and it just moved out of my brain so it'll come back if it's important I'm gonna stop there
1: okay. the first right when you said playing with paint I was like oh I could pretend to be a house painter but I was like how would that go <laughs> wait oh my God. Show I love that, that that was my your overalls initial. and like my paint roller but I was like but yes. that's I'm confused where that would go from there <laughs>
0: I guess I the paint roller is actually a dildo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just there we go. We're just spitballing
1: right? here. This is why <laughs> yeah, you're just... the
0: expert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like now there's like a cottage core role play mm-hmm. situation yeah. happening, right? And we also already touched on like favorite characters and inhabiting those roles whether those are book characters, movie characters, comics, TV mm-hmm. shows doesn't matter. That's that's also another another approach.
1: And I liked when you mentioned too, imagining, like if someone else was there, like imagining you're in a threesome and talking about Mm -hmm. that, because I think I'm better at talking than acting. (laughs) So if we, if that could be a first step for me of like, well, imagine if this, imagine if we were out to dinner right now and we were like going to go to the bathroom to have sex, like Mm -hmm. how would that go? Yeah. Um, So I kind of like that idea too, as a first step, because that can maybe Mm -hmm. be a little easier for. People who are better at talking than acting.
0: <laughs> yeah. And strangers is another common one, right? Like, oh, yes. we we're just meeting for the first time. <laughs> Let's right. take our time getting to know each other's bodies. This is also, this one is actually really great if you've been together for a while or sex is feeling a little stagnant, you're feeling in a rut, et cetera. Because it's like, oh yeah, we're new to each other. So we're gonna actually take the time to explore, which a lot of couples in particular, if they've been together for a while, maybe. Doing anymore because mm-hmm. they know what works and they don't what doesn't work, and so there's almost just a script or a rut or <laughs> that they're in.
1: Yeah,
2: I really love mm-hmm. the painters example because that's never something I've even thought about. And it's like, yes, I'm interested in like the kinkier or maybe um, more like power dynamic play as well. But that just sounds so sweet, and mm-hmm. I just love that so much. And earlier you had mentioned like. It doesn't, it's not inherently like super kinky and role play doesn't have to be super kinky. Do you have any more examples like that?
0: Yeah. Um, I think, like I said, anything involving art, I think the strangers doesn't have to be. I think you could also do like some sort of like reunion, like a reunion scenario. Um, I'm like, basically just go on AO three, find your favorite tropes of fanfic and then act them out. I feel like that is like a good <laughs> a good practical tip. Um, any of the like some people might want to do like a comfort character type thing or a comfort scenario. Um, and I think too, I feel like i'm I'm edging a little particularly with the comfort one. i'm I'm thinking of all the romance novels where like the one of the characters is injured and that's when they decide to have sex. and I think, with those and it's important to name that like anytime we're bringing in any sort of identity to be really mindful within the role play right as a parameter right because it's really easy to delve into some areas that are really fucking problematic and I think with injury right we have injuries kind of side by side with disability and I'm not saying I want to be really clear I'm not saying do like a disability role play please don't do that not cool. Mm -hmm. But some sort of like comfort thing can be really mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. That doesn't have to be a doctor or nurse type of scenario, right. but can still be attending.
1: Like those scenarios in the rom-coms where it's like where the villain starts liking the girl. You know, I've seen Loving those types good of anime tropes. To lovers. Yes. yes, yes, like those type who of comfort tropes.
0: Yes, they're so toxic,
1: <laughs> so, and I love it. I love it yeah, so like, much.
0: Who hurt you. I'm gonna go. You know.
1: There's exactly. only one
0: bed. I'm yeah. just thinking of all of the tropes now, right? <laughs> like, oh no, there's only one bed and we don't actually like each other. Whatever are we going to do? No, you can't sleep on the ground.
1: Yes, exactly. And you wake up
0: wrapped up around each other. Oops. <laughs>
2: And for the record, if I don't like somebody, they're sleeping on the ground. But,
1: <laughs> like, I, But not if you don't like them and you're secretly attracted to them and you have this right. really good sarcastic banter. Ugh, you know, you know.
0: Exactly. Anyway, you
1: apparently know. <laughs> I'm thinking of Jess and Rory, you know, um, like yeah. that type of trope where you're like, mm-hmm. I hate you, but I also want to fuck you. So
0: yeah. anyway. I would think about, right, and I think in terms of like where to begin, like, think about, A, what some of your fantasies have been to begin with, right? Like those, if you already have some fantasies, they can be a good starting point. And I will say not every fantasy is something that we do want to act out. Right. But it can be a good starting point for ideas. of like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, you know what? I've often thought about this while I'm masturbating. Maybe it would be good to try, or maybe it would be good to just talk about trying. Um, And then, you know, you can think about, especially if you do read romance or fan or watch a lot of rom-coms, like what are some of your favorite tropes, right? Like we're jokingly saying it, but it's actually a really good place to mine for ideas because that's another question I hear a lot. Like, where do I even go? How do I figure this out? And I'm like, it's a really good place to mine for ideas.
1: If you want to start trying some light role play with your partner, how do you start those conversations? Like, I like what you just said, like, oh, I really like this trope. Like, maybe let's talk about mm-hmm. it. But are there other ways to bring up starting out role play with a partner?
0: Yeah. Great question. Anytime we're talking about sex, um, especially if it's something that one person, right? Like if you're the person starting the conversation and it's been on your mind a lot, a common trap that people fall into is assuming their partner has also been thinking about Mm -hmm. it or starting from a place of like their current train of thought versus like maybe where they've been for the past few months while they've been working up like, the courage to bring this up or thinking mm-hmm. through what they wanted to say. Um, and so keep keeping that in mind. And my favorite tool for starting conversations about sex is to use something like this podcast as your excuse slash reason, Right in an ideal world, in a sex positive world, we could all just talk about sex and it'd be fine and easy. Right. But like, we don't live in that world. We live in a very sex negative world Absolutely. and shame filled world. And so being able to say, Hey, I heard about X heard about role play. I heard about this painter role play. We're just going to stick with it now, uh, on this podcast I was listening to or so-and-so posted an article about X or TikTok gave me a video, right? Like Scrolling through my FYP and it showed me this video. That's part one. Like, what? Are, what are? What are you bringing up and why? And then part two is an open-ended question, such as, "What do you think about that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How would you feel about trying that? What are your thoughts? How would you feel about having a, a, a longer conversation about bringing something like that into our sex life? Right? And nothing shuts down the conversation faster than a, oh yeah, yes." Or a no, (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm, right? mm -hmm.
0: Or just like a straight up no. And no one, you know, no one owes right boundaries. No one owes anyone an explanation. But especially if you're in intimate partnership, you're you're going to have more of a conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And if if I'm allowed, questions about communication are so common. And like, how the heck do we talk about this? That in May of this year, I actually launched and released a book that talks all of this. So that's like a little, a little teaser of yeah. the strategy that is just really transformative for a lot of people. And then there's a lot more. It's called PBK Guide to Getting the Sex You Want.
1: I love Amazing. that. So going to go check that out, stat. <laughs> our A our, lot of our questions are about how to start those conversations. Yeah. So
0: that's such a good thing to sprinkle in there. So thank you. Yeah. Um, and that's and- I, it was like, okay, literally everyone is, I'm saying the same thing a hundred times a week. Absolutely. So we're going to put it in a book, yeah. in a <laughs> workbook.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's amazing. And I like that you said that you brought that up. I feel like every time I'm in an interview with someone, they bring up and put words to situation that I feel. So when you were saying, don't assume that people are in the same headspace that you've been in, like gearing up to have this conversation. That you've been processing yeah. for however long. Sometimes like things like that, just like, oh, those are the words that I'm trying to say. Like, why is it so uncomfortable when you get... Like kind of a shorter response, like because you're assuming that they're in the same headspace that you've been in for twenty minutes or a month, like getting ready to start this conversation. So that's so true to like open it up gently. If you've mm-hmm. been really stewing on that's it for a week, <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. Open also it up. good advice for Anna. Yeah. Open it up <laughs> just across the board. Just across the what board. a piece of advice. <laughs> So that's such a great tool to have and keep in your mind um, when you're starting these conversations, because that'll help save you from a lot of maybe embarrassment or I don't know, feeling like you got shut down.
2: And speaking of embarrassment, I'm wondering if you have okay. any tips for how to start working through that. You know, like I feel mm. like even through this conversation I've been able to like kind of come to terms with mine, but I know that we have listeners who haven't been in relationships yeah. for 5 fucking years and are like very <laughs> comfortable with yeah. their partner at the moment or mm-hmm. are totally new to their sexual exploration. So, can you talk about how to start just navigating that embarrassment?
0: Yeah, yeah. you know, embarrassment like laughter are things in the bedroom that get such a bad rap. And this goes back to those conversations around like performance and expectations, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's nothing worse that could possibly happen than being embarrassed is often how, or like laughing during sex is often how they're presented and talked about. And that does a real disservice to, again, this fact that like we all start somewhere, we all got to figure it out and actually If you're able to like name the awkward, name the embarrassment, it often dissipates it, right? This whole therapy stereotype trope of like name it to tame it exists for a reason. So if you're feeling embarrassed, it's okay to say that. Or if you're feeling a little shy, like it's okay to say that. And I think too with role play, this is something that does require conversation before you do it, right? Because not everyone is going to want to do it. So this is not a like, hey, it's in the middle of like sexy time. I'm going to start using a little voice and like (laughs) calling you daddy. Like that can be really triggering and cause substantial harm to people. Mm -hmm. So this is the type of thing that you're going to want to talk about in advance to begin with, Mm -hmm. to negotiate boundaries, to understand what the other person is and isn't comfortable with, to understand how big or small you want to make it. Mm-hmm. And so that also sets the stage for it being a little easier to then in the moment be like, okay, I'm feeling really embarrassed, or yeah, I have the giggles, like, hold on, I need to break character for a minute, right? Like the more, the more you can do in advance or the more you can do regularly, the less intense in the moment is. Mm -hmm. because there's, it's already been discussed. There's already a plan. I'm not saying those emotions might be less, but it's a little less scary to have them Mm -hmm. pop up. Excuse me. Um, Because you're like, oh yeah, we talked about this. And it can be also helpful to like do some if-then planning of like, okay, if I get really fucking embarrassed in the middle of this, then this is what I'm going to do to take care of myself. Or this is what I'm going to tell myself Mm -hmm. in the moment to like relax.
1: Oh, I like that planning. We love it's planning. so good. Like, yeah. I love that you brought up naming the
2: emotion mm-hmm. because I think that's something I have always like done kind of to like soothe my anxiety. Like that's been a coping mechanism mm-hmm. that I have developed. But I also feel like there have been a lot of situations outside of the bedroom where it's like when you name your emotion, people see it as vulnerability and vulnerability isn't always like seen as good. And so mm-hmm. it's like when I put myself like I'm thinking of I don't know why this is what's coming into my head, but like. Job interviews, or when you're talking to somebody who's like higher up than you are, I put mm-hmm. quotes around that. Um, <laughs> and you like say something bad about yourself, or like say how you're actually feeling, like oh, I'm actually really sad. Then it's like, I don't know. There's a lot of weirdness around it, yeah. but I love naming the about the emotion because it yeah. always makes me feel better. Like a hundred percent of the
1: time, it always takes off some of that pressure. So mm-hmm. I love that, and I like that if then planning as well that you mentioned mm-hmm. one for embarrassment. Like we're saying like, okay, if I get really embarrassed, I'm going to say pause and <laughs> we'll be fine. But that also brings up like, what if you get embarrassed, break character, and you're having a hard time getting back into it, but you want mm-hmm. to, you want to be there, but it's kind of hard to like drop yourself back in. Does the, yeah. if then
0: planning help with that as well? Yeah. And that, that reminds me of this, like, what if the moment gets ruined Uh and every time that happens, it's going to be different. Right. Right. Sometimes you just need to like pause and reset and like, Mm -hmm. you know, go a little bit in this case, right? Like go a little bit earlier in the role play, go a little bit earlier in the fantasy and kind of warm yourself back up again, especially if it were something where like you really were just like, Oh, I can't get back into it. And sometimes it might mean like putting a kibosh on things from, for the time being and revisiting it another time. And all of these things, again, are things we've deemed as bad. Nothing is worse than the moment getting interrupted. Mm-hmm. Why? Because we might have to slow down a little bit and, like, reconnect? Like, mm-hmm. that's a bad, that, since <laughs> when is that a bad thing? Like, mm-hmm. why Why is that this God-awful thing? Right. Like, it shouldn't be, right? Sometimes we might have to, like, pause and you might be frustrated, right? I don't want to dismiss any of the emotions that are here. It can be frustrating to have to slow down. It can be frustrating to have to pause or put it aside for now, but it, it doesn't have to be the worst thing ever. And you can work through those things. And, you know, so often I think as humans, we assume that what we're feeling, we're alone in what we're feeling. And most likely, unless the person that you're having sex with has a lot of experience with role play, they're probably also feeling a little bit of that embarrassment. And even if they do have experience honestly, unless they're an asshole, that's probably going to make them more empathetic, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, unless they're a total jerk, regardless of gender, right? I know those are both terms that tend to be gendered towards men, but like, I don't, regardless of gender, right? They're going to have empathy for that. They're probably going to remember what it was like the first few times they explored this. Um, you know, I was at, I was at Saxton South virtually over, oh my gosh, it was last week already. I can't even believe. And I one of the sessions I went to was with this amazing trainer Midori and she was going through her negotiation process. And this is someone who is a big name in the sex ed world. Like just, I, I probably wouldn't even be able to talk. Like I admire the person who volunteered to go through the process virtually with her. Cause I would have just been like <laughs> starstruck. Right. And so this is someone who has a lot of experience, right? So this is a, a, um, a, a structure, that's what I'm looking for, of conversing about sex that she created. She knows what she's doing, right? She knows what, and she was never a jerk about anything, right? She asked clarifying mm-hmm. questions when she needed to. And it was just, it was really beautiful to witness. And that's what's coming to mind, right? Like if you're with someone who has more experience, letting them lead can be really helpful, but there should also be that like good check-in and communication and clarity at the same time. And if they're being a jerk, then like, what's going on? Maybe they're just in a bad mood and that's okay. But like boundaries, boundaries are still good.
1: Oh, all of this is so important for people who are just trying out anything in sex, but role play, especially. So I'm so happy that all of our questions are wrapping back (laughs) around to like, if you need to slow down, slow down. If they're being a jerk, check in, like have your boundaries, Go at your pace and like this is just so important. I love it so much.
2: Well, speaking of wrapping up then, yes.
1: how <laughs> do you wrap up role play?
0: Yeah. Like when you're so many puns are unwrapping <laughs> yourself up right now.
2: I'm going head. Yeah. Like how do you when you're, you know, finished and maybe it's not gonna end in orgasm or maybe it is, but you yeah. continue mm-hmm. going or like how do you say I'm done without just being like, Okay, yeah, I'm out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I would say there's a lot of variables here. It kind of depends, right? Like, if you are in the moment sharing a fantasy out loud and, like, the two of you are working towards orgasm or whatever, or more, two or more of you, whoever, are working towards orgasm or whatever ending you know is your ending, right? Like, that kind of will, will wrap up on its own, right? Mm-hmm. If you're doing a more elaborate scene, you may have discussed in advance, like, what do we want the ending to be, right? What do we want it to look like? And I think there's also this scenario where you're playing and it and it's just not working for you or someone does get triggered or hurt, which are all things why it's really important to do, like, research, especially if you're bringing in new toys, if you're bringing in any sorts of kinks that involve the body, like, any sort of impact play or things like that, um, please do your research in advance because mm-hmm. there can be hurt, like it happens, um, right? That may lead to an immediate, like we're stopping things right now. And then those in-between moments, right? It's something to kind of be worked out kind of in the moment, right? So if you can make a plan of like, here's, here's how this scene's going to go and there's going to be a beginning, middle, end, if that works for you, that is one way to address it ahead of time. And then you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to see where this takes us, and then, like, this will be how we close. Otherwise, you can kind of communicate a little bit, right? This can be another moment to press pause and say, like, hey, I'm, I'm feeling complete, or hey, like, this was really fun, and, like, starting to get a little sleepy, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, whatever whatever it may be. And so I think that kind of idea of, of keeping the communication going throughout the role play is also really important. And this isn't exactly what you asked, but I do want to name it. This is also the role where aftercare comes in. And aftercare is one of those things that I wish um, were more mainstream, although I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure mainstream media would totally fucking butcher it um, and <laughs> do a poor job of what it looks like. But aftercare is often used within pink and media, scenes of like, what do you need after the scene is done? Like when you close out to like, come back down to earth essentially, right? Like Mm -hmm. to like come back into the present moment. Sometimes this can be communication, like conversations or cuddles or water or someone to help clean up or food, right? It just kind of depends on what it was. And aftercare gets like no time and attention, I feel like in most mainstream conversations around sex and it's really powerful. Mm -hmm. And so thinking also through what do you want things to look like after the scene? Like that's a thing to think about after the role play in advance. I, and I think I just had one other idea. There's this great product, I hope they still make it, I haven't checked in a while, um, called a sex journal that is exactly what the name tells you. I love when things are super clear. It makes yes. me really happy. Like it is literally a journal for sex, right? And the idea is like you and your partner or partners kind of do some reflecting afterwards and kind of share those reflections with each other. And so some sort of conversation, reflecting, and it might not be right away, especially if you are doing something more elaborate where, like, you're going into a different headspace, right? Like, trying to get reflection right away might not be the best idea. It might, it might not. Um, But that is also, right, a notebook, a tool like that can be also helpful. Just having a conversation can also be really helpful to kind of wrap things up and, and put some closure to that event, and that role play and that sexy times before, like, you know, going to get the laundry out of, a, out of yeah. the washing machine. You how know, I'm excited about having a washer dryer in yeah. my next apartment. I'm making a lot of, I'm like, ooh, a little subconscious laundry example. It's like, yes. That's what you're fantasizing um,
1: about right now until you get yeah, it. I'm
0: like, we're just laundry, all the laundry. Yeah. I do the laundry anymore. anyway. Um, but, yeah, all of these little things, these little, these stories that we have that most of the time aren't even our own. Right, mm-hmm. most of the time, these are stories we learn through religion, through media, through again these mainstream narratives, and like who the mainstream, sh- who created the mainstream narratives. We know a bunch of cis white heterosexual able-bodied neurotypical men, like upper middle class men, right? Like we don't; those aren't serving most people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how can we begin to unlearn them and see what happens when we do get into the bedroom? Then,
1: fuck yeah. <laughs> I (laughs) couldn't have said, I'm not even going to add anything because that's just beautiful.
2: (laughs) The only thing we ask you to add is where listeners can continue to connect with you after this episode.
0: (laughs) Great. Uh, so everything is passion by Kate and Kate is spelled K A I T perks of spelling it that way. Go to Instagram, go to Facebook, go to the website. doesn't matter wherever, whatever platform you enjoy. Um, you can follow up there. And where can we buy your book? Yeah, uh at the website, the bit.ly is bit.ly slash about sex guide that will take you right there um, and it'll explain everything. So it's a 75-page workbook. There's all these, there's information and then all these tools. They're the exact tools that I've used over the past decade plus with my coaching and counseling clients um, to really help you to have these conversations and start having the sex that you're wanting to have. And again, that really helping it with that confidence, that connection, that pleasure.
1: So I uh, finished up the rest of my story to Cass after the intro. So I'll give you the last three secrets Mm -hmm. (laughs) of my- Because
2: if you stuck around, you earned
1: them. Yeah, you earned them. Um, We summed it up in three parts. I saw about six buttholes, like full, full buttholes, like vulva Mm -hmm. to butthole because of the bending over. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He said it was- Fantastic! I heard fantastic, amazing, incredible. He was a big fan of strip mm-hmm. clubs. The guy you're dating, the guy I'm dating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and lastly, I did use my mother's savings account to take <laughs> out money. <laughs> I, didn't have, I didn't have any money to take out. So thankfully, my debit card uh, pulls from my mother's okay. account as Is well. She,
2: does she see your debit card charges? I I don't know. <laughs>
1: We'll find out. I needed a twenty. It's a
2: a dog's dog. That sounds like a um, a dog supply store. Yeah, you know, a
1: candy shop. Yeah, sassy's sassy's. Yeah. Um. No, it was (laughs) a
2: dog supply store. What am I trying to say? A pet (laughs) store. You know, But yeah. His I was dog in a pinch. Could be named Sassy. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I was in a pinch and I needed, I needed the cash. Yeah, so I took it out of my mommy's account. <laughs> That's what they all say before That's they go down the wrong road, like... Em. That's what they I just all need say. Twenty more.
2: <laughs> my mom was just like bankrupt. <laughs> Emma got
1: on a bender. She's into the strip clubs. She's though. into strip clubs <laughs> and gambling.
2: <laughs> she... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The ponies.
1: The ponies. (laughs) I bet on the ponies, what can I say?
2: We all expected Uh, that one, him as a horse girl. (laughs) On that note. On that note, say your thank yous.
1: (laughs) Say your thank yous. Say your gratefuls. (laughs) Here are my gratefuls. I am grateful for Kate for being on the podcast today. And I am so grateful for you little weirdos that listen every single week to us. You're supposed to do three. Oh, and my third one is I'm grateful for my mommy's account.
2: <laughs> I'm grateful
1: for mommy's credit card. For mommy's credit card that I get to use.
2: If this episode really turned things around for you. <laughs> if you learned something valuable, which I know that you did. Yeah, you don't did. look me in my fucking face and lie to me right now. If you learned something valuable, you go ahead and you hit that share button, you text yeah. it to the first person in your text messages. Absolutely. Or anybody in your text messages. Mm -hmm. Or type in a random letter and see who pops up first. Send that. Like D for dad. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) Or R. I don't have one. So it's not (laughs) like it would be in my phone. Jesus Christ. All right. Do that though. Yeah. And head on over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. It means so much to us. Um, oh, we should probably give a reminder because for a couple more days, I think two more days, uh, this is coming out mm-hmm. on the 22nd. So until the 24th, you can still enter our giveaway for our
1: t-shirt. Yes, first ever Honey Me t-shirt. So cute. And you will be the first ever person to own our merchandise. Yeah, other than us, other than us. Uh, <laughs> all you have to do
2: is go to Apple Podcasts, leave a written review, screenshot that, send it to us on Instagram.
1: And you are entered, baby. Baby. And you'll get a text from us that say, entered, entered. Entered. Which makes me feel, it feels very sexual. (laughs) Yeah. Whenever I respond back to people. You've entered me. You've been entered (laughs) in me. I don't know. If you want
2: that, that would be really I mean, isn't that prize enough? It sure is. So
1: we'll see you next week. Yeah.
2: Everybody's a winner at Honey Do Me. Bye.
1: Bye.